Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. My name is Kabe. Joining me today on this uh, medical-ish podcast is a couple of my friends. Um, And we're going to talk today about a gentleman that you have probably heard about by the name of Joe Rogan. First, we have Dr. Graham Walker, ER doctor, app creator, right? Yeah. And what was the app you created? MDCalc. Pretty big app. Pretty big in the world of doctors, right? Yeah, yeah, I think we're we're used a lot. Yeah, helping yeah. doctors take care of patients. Why do you still practice medicine, man? <laughs> what, are <you> doing? <laughs> what are you doing? I should also note that Graham is kind enough to join us after working a night shift in the ER. How was it, buddy? It was okay. Um, it was steady, as we say on you know weekend night shifts. It was steady. Mm-hmm. Um, steady mm-hmm. means tolerable, but uh, didn't get a chance to really socialize with my overnight doctor colleague much. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Kept you awake. I'm sure. Um, yep. The other uh, guest joining us is Parker James podcaster and writer. He has a podcast called a modern proposal, which I highly recommend Parker. How are you? I'm doing good. Coming back uh, from Mexico after seven months and tropical disease later, um, you know, doing, doing good. Yeah, speaking of which, uh, so you had uh, a couple of your own uh, diagnoses made recently. Uh, you want to share did. with us what, what happened to you over there? Um, yeah, uh, when I was uh, in Mexico, uh, I got one of the uh, new 2.0 dengue versions called chikungunya. New which dengue rough, just yeah, dropped. It's, it's new dengue. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's not fun. Uh, I don't recommend it, but I do recommend every person when they're young gets tropical disease because it keeps you humble. 
What? So and it I mean, does. Yeah, tell us a little <laughs> bit about it, man. What What were your symptoms, if you don't mind us? Uh, yeah, chikungunya. Um, so for people who don't know, roughly translates to contortionist disease because you get uh, migraine level headaches. You can't see properly. Extreme nausea, vomiting, shitting, and it feels like your bones are breaking, but no fever. Weirdly enough. So it, it was that and something else, right? It was something else. Um, it, it was kind of funny because I found out on Valentine's Day that uh, I, in fact, was pregnant with a tapeworm. <laughs> That's <What>? You also <laughs> had a tapeworm, huh? <laughs> yeah. That could have been there for a while. Who knows? So th that might have been an incidental finding, you're saying. Like you were feeling crappy and when they were doing all these tests, they're like, oh, you have this tapeworm. But what you think was really causing the symptoms was this chikungunya. Yeah, the chikungunya is what like I think what kicked it all off um yeah because I just woke up one morning just feeling like I got like hit by a truck and I'm like well this is probably gonna be bad and then fast forward 12 hours I'm like yeah I need to go to the hospital um I went to the hospital did a bunch of blood work I'm like well it's not dengue so it's probably chikungunya do you want to pay for another test and I'm like well it depends how much like well chikungunya tests a thousand pesos and I'm like mm, that's a lot of pesos uh, I'm gonna say no uh then a couple <laughs> days later I just shit out a tapeworm I'm like oh Okay, that's, that's, that's another thing, too. Uh, just for our listeners, because I, I wasn't really familiar with chikungunya. It's not spelled chicken like the animal. C-H-I-K-U-N-G-U-N-Y-A. And the CDC has it. Uh, he has some information on it. I'll share with you guys real quick. Um, symptoms you get about three to seven days after an infected mosquito gets you. The most mm -hmm. common symptoms are fever and joint pain. Yeah. Other symptoms may include headache, muscle pain, joint swelling, or rash. Good news is um, death from it is rare and most mm -hmm. people feel better within a week but the joint pain can last do you, do you still find that do you, do you find that oh no i'm fine with the joint pain at this point um like uh, to be young to be yeah, young Graham. To be young. that's right <laughs> parker do you, do you know you just illustrated hickam's dictum have you ever heard of that i have not heard of that please Kata, have you heard of, do you know I, hickam's dictum i don't i love it tell me what it is so so parker you know normally in medicine we try to put all of the patient's symptoms and all of their you know signs and their lab tests and everything into one unifying diagnosis to make everything fit in a nice perfect little box hickam's dictum uh, i guess he was like a uh, a uh, a doctor in the uh, in the 20th century who essentially said the patient can have as many damn well diseases as they please that like, um, you know, while we, while normally it makes sense, kind of an, Occam, an Occam's razor perspective that everything comes together as one diagnosis. Sometimes in medicine, like they, you know, have appendicitis and ovarian torsion mm -hmm. or, you know, mm -hmm. something like that. Right, right. Yeah, that's a good one. I'm going to use that now. Thank you. Hickam's <laughs> dictum. Patients can Hickam's have dictum. as many diseases as they damn well please. All right. Um, okay. Speaking Amazing. of people who do as they damn well please let's talk about this gentleman joe rogan um for those of you who don't know who he is and i actually believe there probably are a couple of our listeners who do not really only are vaguely familiar with him uh, to I mean, be blessed uh, to be that blessed <laughs> a lot of our listeners are these freakishly healthy people who don't go on twitter barely go on facebook and they just like practice medicine and just learned a couple podcasts and we're one of them so um, let, let me give a little background about Joe Rogan in case you don't know who he is. And if you just woke up from a coma from like 2014, boy, do I have some troubling news for you. Um, <laughs> amongst a lot of other stuff that happened, this guy, Joe Rogan, became very, very popular. And uh, I think pretty clearly the biggest podcaster on the planet Earth. He started out as a comedian. 
um and he was a ufc commentator he did some acting uh he started to become a little more publicly known for a show called news radio that was in like the late 90s which was a great show by the way i really liked that show with yeah i loved it parker are you too young to know know what that is but um probably but i'm old enough to know about (laughs) fear factor he knows he's a fear factor guy (laughs) you know fun fact the the actually they shot the pilot with ray romano in in the role of the guy that uh, Joe Rogan played. Oh, so, wow. but it was like, I guess he didn't do a very good job. And so they they fired him and got Ray Romano. So it's really Ray Romano's fault that this all happened. <laughs> yeah, um, fucking Ray Romano. Fucking Ray Romano. I, I love Ray Romano too. Anyways, so uh, then he did some comedy specials and Fear Factor, just like, you know, Parker was saying. And then he started, you know, going back to stand up and back to his roots he had this sort of like a little bit blue material like a manly man but like smartish sort of act that's kind of like his shtick the best description i've heard of him is that he is a dumb guy's version of a smart guy and and that's kind of what like he does really well in a very relatable way and i'll admit i actually you know i am not above uh joe rogan comedy like some comedy acts that were pretty fun to watch actually And, and i'll admit Seeing him destroy hecklers or Carlos Mencia was actually very satisfying, and, and, and I actually enjoyed it. And then in 2009, he started this podcast, uh, and it's grown, it's grown, and he, back in 2020, uh, inked a $100 million deal with Spotify. So over the course of the last, like, 15 years or so, he's had a lot of controversial guests on his show, people like Alex Jones, for example, who he's platformed intermittently. Um, and, and he's become a much more concerning figure for a lot of people because he also now platforms a lot of, uh, people who, uh, I would say doctors like myself and Graham find to be very troubling and, uh, people who are promoting a lot of misinformation and are doing it to a really, really big platform that they've never had before. People like Robert Malone, who we'll talk about in a little bit, but before we get to that, um, Parker, you have uh, been doing a little of your own research on Joe Rogan, right? And it yeah, sounds like you a painful have... amount. Yes, I'm sorry for that. <laughs> I mean, the last thing you needed after getting like dengue was to then have to delve into this dirty. Like, this is the mental equivalent of dengue that you've had to like deal with by like yeah. studying Joe Rogan. Um, but you, you also have been following what seems like a radicalization of of Joe Rogan. Can you explain what what you mean by that? Yeah, so a couple of things I think is important to note about Joe Rogan. He is not pro anything other than pro money, in my personal opinion. In today's age, controversy brings in money. He he, he likes money. He's a smart guy when it comes to making money and he's a very charismatic host. And that's why even when I was watching these right-wing shitheads, I was like, fuck, I kind of want to keep watching this. Like, it makes me angry, but I want to keep watching. So that's Mm. what he just, he's going to put on whoever the hell makes the most money. And that got me really, really curious about, okay, he started, you know, he's doing all these insane things, having these right-wing shitheads on and arguably non-doctors that want to try to be doctors. So, and I started doing research. I found an old episode of his uh, number 1,439 with Michael Ulsterholm. Do you guys know who he is? He's an epidemiologist, I think, right? Yeah. That is correct. Yeah, I, don't know, worked, I don't know much about him other than that. 
he works with the CDC. He did a bunch of work in Africa in like 2014 with uh, Zika and with Ebola and just like trying to figure out like, okay, like what the fuck is happening here? So in March 10th, 2020, he brought him on to talk about COVID when it was first happening, when no one knows what the fuck's going on. Everybody's freaking the fuck out um, just to get some good information from him. And Rogan is extremely level-headed, and it, it, it pains me to say this, but he asks good, honest questions. Like, at a point in the episode, they, tar- they started talking about, like, oh, like, if we already had a vaccine for this, we'd be so far ahead. And then Joe asks honestly, well, with flu vaccines, sometimes it doesn't always work with the current strain. Would it be the same kind of situation? Asking questions that are just, like, what a normal person would ask. Um, and Joe Rogan even agrees with Ulcerholm when Ulcerholm says that, like, if you tell people just the God honest truth and you build rapport with the community you're trying to protect, it's usually going to go better. Um, and then they talk about, you know, just Michael Holmes' career and kind of what's going on. But I got some really interesting quotes from Rogan. Quote, I seek the advice of experts whenever possible. This is Joe Rogan here. And then this is the other one. I think this is really telling, which is really kind of what set me down this path. Quote from Rogan. I hope this wakes people up to the value of vaccines. There are so many wackos out there that think that vaccines are a scam or dangerous, and there's so many people out there that won't even vaccinate their children. End quote. And he's saying this earnestly. This is not yeah. sarcastic, Joe Rogan. No. You, know, the, this, you can watch the clip online, and it's, it's very clear that he, he is you know, really appreciative of Mike Alsohome and, and, um, and appreciative of, you know, you know, they, I think they even talk about like, gosh, if there was a vaccine, wow, that'd be incredible. That'd be amazing that if we had a vaccine that quickly um, to, to deal with COVID. So, yeah. So what happened? Well, I moved to Texas. We're <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, Austin, right? He's in Austin, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. He's yeah, in Austin. Right. Um, yeah. July 2020, moved to Texas after he gets that huge deal from Spotify. Um, the best understanding that I can get from it is that he just wanted to avoid paying corporate taxes in California. Um, he never outright said that, but the money kind of makes sense when you start going down that path. And now most episodes are pretty normal from there. Um, they starts getting some more right-wing people on, but it's never anything serious. Just kind of like, oh, well, the liberals don't like people or, just, you know, who the fuck cares? But it wasn't until April 6, 2021, episode number 630 with Dan Crenshaw. I don't like Dan Crenshaw as a person or as tell, a tell our listeners who he is. <laughs> he is a Texan politician. He ran for Senate like a couple years ago. Oh, um, I know who you're talking about now. Yeah, yeah. He has an eye patch. And all I'm going to say is if you're going to go the eye patch route, you got to go full pirate. All right. Get scurvy. Uh, only be drinking rum and eating hardtack. Use boat as your only means of transportation. All right, so just settle down. I'm not gonna lie, the the eye patch thing is is kind of cool. Um, and so during their episode, um, Jordan brings up some historically medical fuckery with minority groups and like the the Tuskegee Airmen and what was happening um in Japanese internment camps and just like things that are arguably bad. Um, and then Rogan asked Crenshaw what he thought about the concept of a vaccine passport, you know, like a little pass showing you can go to restaurants, go to movies, go travel, yada, yada, yada. And this is what Crenshaw responded with, quote, the left cannot let go of COVID. They cannot let go of it. They want it around. They want to keep spending money up based on this moral stance that we need to keep supporting communities because of COVID. And we need to keep doing things, taking excessive action because of COVID. They will not let it go because they love collectiv- um, Sorry, they love collectivism and control of the, uh, the economy. And then 
Rogan pipes in and is like, no, oh, that sounds like fascism. <laughs> so... <laughs> Graham's just shaking his head. It's really frustrating. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Graham. It's really frustrating, and some important notes here about that time period. By April of 2021, roughly 5, uh, sorry, 560,000 people have died of COVID at this point in the United States. I'm not really sure what he means by the left can't let it go, because... This is April 2021 when a lot of people are still dying. People are still dying today. So, I mean... I think get over what? it. We, so, haven't this... hit, we haven't even hit Delta, var Delta variant. Yes, yeah, yeah. Delta. We haven't even hit Delta from yet. That, from that time. It's like, ah, fuck it, your grandma's dead. We gotta move past it. Yeah. That's so great. That's something That's something I've noticed that Rogan will do sometimes is that, like, these people will come on and they'll say these ridiculous, outlandish claims. And sometimes he won't outwardly refute it what he might do at best is like redirect a little bit but never like address the crazy shit that person said you know yeah no it, never it, no. It, it he just won't do it and i i mean i kind of get it like on, on a much infinitesimally smaller level understand what it's like to have a show where you constantly have to fill time and you constantly are bringing on guests and you can't vet everyone super well i mean graham i'm pretty well vetted because i know him parker i'm still working on yeah, well, yes. and we're working on <laughs> we're getting there but background check is still going. background checks coming in any day now but the um uh, I, I recognize it's hard but um you you he has a responsibility that that i don't have necessarily and i still take i, I no, don't Kabe, I, dis I disagree entirely he has no responsibility i, I think if you ask him and you know this is what i've what I've concluded from watching my hours of uh, video with him is he feels no responsibility. He both has, um, he both, he, he feels he's also smarter. Um, and, uh, through talking to guests and having read a couple PubMed articles is as smart, if not smarter than most physicians when it comes to COVID, you know, in particular. Um, but if then, if you listen to him, it's your fault. Cause you know, in his own words, he's a fucking moron. He talks, you know, he talks shit for money. Um, he's an idiot. He, you know, his, in his own words, I'm just a comedian. I'm not a doctor, blah, blah, right. blah. So sure. he he has no responsibility. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the only thing I disagree with Parker about, that, you know, that he, Joe Rogan is just about money. He's also just about Joe Rogan. Like, yeah, he, the brand. And, you know, I, I think he comes off, not comes off. I think he is really authentic um, in his interviews and people really like that because he has no filter and he'll say whatever is on his mind. But the problem with that is that he'll just kind of let these guests say all this um, nonsensical bullshit and not push back on them. Um, and, and he feels zero responsibility. He, yeah. you know, he feels uh, in kind of a libertarian way, he's just talking People can decide to listen to him or not. And if they choose to listen to him, it, you know, he has no Spider-Man with great power comes great responsibility stuff. It's <laughs> no, purely uh, it's purely people have chosen to listen to me. That's not my fault um, it, I, because I, I have agree. eight million followers. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's somebody else's problem. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, he, he should have responsibility and he clearly. Absolutely. And you're right. There's this whole like. Uh, and I and I love comedians. We've had a lot of comedians on the show, but there is this weird sort of paradox where they're like, on one hand, if things aren't 
taken the way they want it to or if there's controversy it's like we're hey we're just comedians i'm just a comedian but then there's these other people who are like comedians are like the truth tellers of today's society they're today's modern philosophers there's like this whole other like concept <laughs> like that sort of romanticizes them at the same time you know yeah. so it, it, it i find that very troubling so but i take it that you have seen his uh apology videos and you don't really buy it no either of I, you i um i wanted to buy it and that's actually what his, his initial apology video about um about covid misinformation you know he says i i'm i'm seeking truth and sometimes the truth changes or what we know changes and i have and so that's why i have controversial opinions and controversial guests blah blah, blah. i really wanted to believe that but from what i've seen kind of going down the rabbit hole and, and watching hours and hours of his podcast i think it's completely um disingenuous and and he, he does not say that earnestly he likes to come off as he's being earnest but he's, he's certainly not yeah and to continue uh to continue that exact idea april 23rd 2021 episode uh 1639 with dave smith you guys know dave smith no nah. He is, he's a right-wing comedian that's like, my freedoms are being infringed. He doesn't talk like that, but that's, that's how I hear his voice. Yeah, um, no, get her he, done. Yeah, no, he talks like a, he talks like a crypto bro from the Bronx. It's just frustrating. <laughs> um, anyway, in this episode, he said the famous line, Joe Rogan did, quote, people say, do you think it's safe to get vaccinated? I go, yeah, for the most part I do. Already sowing the seeds of doubt. But if you're like 21 years old and you say to me, should I get vaccinated? I'll go no. Because like the first half is already so disingenuous by saying for the most part. Yeah. Right. Just asking questions. I'm just asking a question. But then he immediately follows it up by if you're 21 years old, people who are statistically most likely to catch it and spread it because um, they want to go places and enjoy their lives. Yeah. Um, He's saying no to those people. Are right. they going to get horrifically sick? Probably not. Are they going to possibly kill someone who will get horrifically sick? Probably so because of the way that people in their 20s want to live. And then that raised even more questions to me. Um, a, Joe Rogan's not a doctor. So it's like what you're saying, Graham, where it's he is Joe Rogan. He's not apologetic. He just gets to say whatever the fuck he wants because he thinks he's smarter than the world. And then also, why the fuck are people turning to him? Uh, I have a really fun theory about that once I get through the timeline, so I'll answer that question in okay. a bit. Um, and then Dave Smith had this to say, piggybacking off of what Rogan was saying. Quote, You can have this virtue signaling, with air quotes in the video, and this kind of theatrical display of, if I get the vaccine, what a good person I am. I care about everybody, but I'm not injecting my daughter with something to virtue signal. End quote. And Rogan agrees with that, like, 100%. Like, he is 100% like, yeah, absolutely, it's just virtue signaling, like, if you're working out every day and you're eating right, like, you're gonna be fine. Um, when did he get COVID? Oh, he got COVID last year, uh, September-ish time. I'm sorry, I don't have that right in front no, of me. that's fine, but that's um, like, this is before he actually got COVID, when this yeah. happened. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Which, also, I have a theory about that, too. <laughs> I don't think that Rogan's a stupid person. I think no. I honestly think he got. No, vaccinated. I don't think he is at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I think I think he got vaccinated because he's a man in his fifties. Um, you are, please correct me if I'm wrong. Like that's starting to get into the higher risk age range, right? Yeah, I mean he he was of a demographic that probably should. I mean he's like I don't know if, how old he is, but um, 
at that point, I agree. He was smart enough to know that he should. I also kind of, like you said, though, I think he is sort of earnest in some ways. So I, I, don't, I don't. Yeah, I don't think he's vaccinated. He's told the same story about that he was about to get vaccinated with J and J, and then he had to, a prior engagement, um, and then the, the literally the weekend he was about to get J and J, J and J got pulled. I don't think he's vaccinated. Um, but, you know, it is weirdly it is interesting to me that he's fine with lots of other things like, you know, he, he said he got monoclonal antibodies uh, like there's other things that other people call experimental or, you know, were rushed or, you know, got rapidly pushed out. Or just that, don't that he's work. Fine with. And I always find that a little strange. You that, know, you know, you, Graham, you, you talked about this before, and I thought this is a really infuriating uh, aspect of this whole thing and not just with rogan but also with a lot of people that uh doubt and question the the vaccine's eff uh, efficacy is they'll like say why would you trust big pharma big pharma doesn't have your interest and they'll talk about big pharma and and again graham and i as doctors we're not huge fans of the pharmaceutical companies yeah. you know we have a lot of our issues with them and what they do to our patients and how they treat them and what and, and what our patients have to and go how they through. profit off them, yeah, for and sure. For sure, a lot that's true. But but that's what I don't understand is that why are they so so okay with then other forms of big pharma? Like ivermectin yeah. is not made out of a mom and pop store. It's like a big pharma product. Uh, in in all in all the other uh, treatments that they'll take after infection that they're okay with. That aspect of it, I don't understand. Like this, this critical thinking of big pharma trying to hurt them with vaccines, but not hurt them with all the other treatments doesn't. My brain can't wrap itself around, and I can't understand why a smart person like Joe Rogan, I think he's smart, would not get that part of it. Well, the, and and you know, I've seen a really good meme floating around that's like you know, uh, the the number of medicines that you would get if you get COVID and need to be hospitalized, and God forbid in the ICU. I mean, you are on hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of medicine if you're in the intensive yeah. care unit for, yeah. for a period of time. So it's like that, you know, there's, if you want to flip the conspiracy theory narrative, the anti-vaxxers are actually pro-pharma because people <laughs> that get COVID right. actually are, are going to have to be, you know, pharma's going to be billing a lot more to their health insurance companies yeah. for all their, their drugs for their ICU stay. Absolutely. Okay, so I think we're all in the wrong industry is what you're saying. <laughs> Oh, Kabe and I already knew that. Parker, you were not aware? Yeah, Parker, catch up, man. Come on. <laughs> oh, boy. Speaking of monoclonal antibodies and ivermectin and shit, this trend of him being like, I'm just asking questions, continues down to Tim Pool. Do you guys know who Tim Pool is? I do, I do unfortunately know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I do unfortunately know so, a little bit about Tim Pool. So, oh, God. Uh, I've told you this, Kaveh, before, but Graham and other listeners of House of Pod, I'm going to teach you all a really fun German word. It's called Backpfeifengeschicht. Directly translated, it means a, fi a face in kneading of a fist. <laughs> and if you look in the English to German dictionary, it's just Tim Pool's picture right next to the example. <laughs> it's like, just anyway, he, for people who don't know, he's just a right-wing independent journalist. He just holds stupid shit. And he, um, in 2000, sorry, uh, 2021, uh, in October, he had a rally about ending COVID restrictions and limiting the use of vaccine mandates. Um, and just for further reference of who he is as a person, the current, at the time of recording, the current pinned video on his YouTube channel is, quote, vaccine microchips are real. <laughs> 
Wow. He's been that oh one, my, huh? That's God. impressive. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's kind of a commitment to uh, something I actually it's, respect in a way. The, hey, the, I will always respect commitment to the grift, all right? right. Like, I, <laughs> credit where credit's due, man. Um, exactly. I watched the video, but that's not what I want to talk about today. So on November 5th, 2021, in a write-up of the Daily Beast, uh, Tim Pool caught COVID at an indoor event against vaccine mandates and got naturally very sick. <laughs> um, uh, Tim Pool and Rogan are friends. So Rogan offered to pay for Pool's medical bills uh, as, in my opinion, a, a stand of solidarity with Pool and against vaccine mandates and the, you know, big pharma by giving big pharma more money because the vaccine was free. Um, right. We'll deal with that conundrum in a second. And uh, this is just a fun quote from it. It's a little bit long, so just bear with me here. Quote, the issue of ivermectin did come up in his conversation with the clinic, Tim Pools. Um, they told him the FDA had not approved it yet to treat COVID-19 and doctors would not prescribe it. The clinic advised Pool to come in for further testing and then rest and, uh, while the virus ran its course. His symptoms did not abate, though, and Pool feared he'd have to go to the emergency Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Room. So he sought out the counsel of some friends, including Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan included him. Uh, sorry, Joe Rogan encouraged him to not ignore it and find a better doctor. The unnamed private medical practice Poole contacted after speaking with Rogan prescribed a slew of treatments, including ivermectin, uh, anthromycil, and monoclonal antibodies. Initially, Poole held off ivermectin and, and anthromycil, but monoclonal antibodies seemed quote legit. <laughs> He felt given their effectiveness in treating former President Donald Trump. By Saturday, I, quote, got it really, really bad, he said. Delirious and hallucinating, and after not eating for days, I was struggling to breathe. Late Saturday night, the symptoms finally began to recede, end quote. Now, before you guys jump in here, I just want to say something very important here. I figured the timeline from him posting about being infected to him posting about being feeling better. It was 11 days. Well, I, I, I wonder if Rogan actually is referring to Poole. He, he implies he helped a few people get monoclonal antibodies. And I think even like, I think in one of the interviews I saw, he said he flew some of his friends out to Florida to get the monoclonals, which is interesting. Um, you know, and I, and I, I have no interest in, in kind of violating um, anybody's medical privacy, but uh, either, you know, the monoclonals had an emergency use authorization that essentially required you to be high risk of progression to severe COVID in order for them to be, you know, given. So um, either all of those people um, did have something that made them high risk, 
Um, and I'm not going to speculate that on that. That's their private business or this doctor, whoever prescribed them, um, prescribed them outside of the emergency use authorization, which you could at least argue, um, uh, you know, kept them from going to somebody who did have a high risk condition. Um, and, and again, I think it's weird that people are not okay with a vaccine that has been now given 4 billion doses, Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, had really huge trials showing really impressive benefit. Um, but people are okay with a monoclonal antibody uh, that also can certainly screw up your immune system as well. Yeah. Uh, Graham, now one thing about being a high risk that I think you missed here, these people are at risk of losing their money. So they have to spend more money to keep their money true. by not dying from COVID. That is true. And I think there's actually a carve out in the EUA from the FDI that it just says high risk. So a doctor could call that any type of high risk they want any risk at all you know risk of not being able to yell at people for not getting vaccinated that's a high risk right there you know right that yeah you Uh, know like before we move on to to something else though uh at the time of this recording i should note that jama uh which is if you don't know a pretty prestigious and well-known medical journal um just published something on uh, the drug ivermectin they enrolled about 500 people 50 and older at risk of severe covid because of their age and underlying health and they looked at the the doses of ivermectin different doses and they looked at symptoms and they found that they, it was not effective so i haven't actually read the article yet but i read as, it so did you any thoughts on that any do you think this is going to be it do you think this is going to end the no. ivermectin debate. No, I, you know, I tweeted about it, and you know, my my Twitter is now full of ivermectin stands. Yeah. Who, <laughs> um, you know, who, who I stand river blindness. Yeah, it, it, you know, it, it's kind of. Do you guys, are you guys familiar with the no true Scotsman um, kind of logical fallacy? You Roughly, know, it, yeah, it, yeah. It's kind of similar to kind of moving the goalposts. That you know, no matter what, how good the ivermectin study quality. You know, could have 10 billion patients in each arm with the exact right dose. There will always be some reason that the study was either designed to fail, um, you know, kind of conspiracy theory, or the dosage was not high enough, or the medicines were given too late. Uh, No matter what you say, it is an impenetrable wall of reasons that ivermectin works and that, you know, Kaveh and I are, are part of a vast conspiracy to not support ivermectin. Yeah, well, you just said it on air. I'm going to have to cut that out. Man, I come on. Oh, that. no, the Illuminati. <laughs> oh, unfortunately, our editing machine is broken, though. <laughs> so I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it. It's probably ah, fuck. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, go on, Parker. What, uh, oh, so it's okay. So it's more of this timeline here. Yeah, and so then it just keeps going um, with, you know, like Jordan Peterson and having on like different comedians to talk about it, some left, some right. Um, and I did write a lot about Robert Malone, but Graham, you're going to take that uh, uh, horse to races, so I'm going to let you do that. But one thing I really want to talk about before we go any further is about what exactly Joe Rogan is. Besides being a weird, just an, an, an annoying person, you're like, I don't care about him, dude, when you're like out of bar. Um, <laughs> he is, this is just my own theory on the matter, so take everything with a grain of salt here. Um, not that smart. He likes to be the king of the court of false prophets. Mm. And what I mean by that is that he loves himself to death. I'm surprised he doesn't sleep in front of a mirror. Um, And he 
he gets to have on all these fucking crazy people. And right now is scary. It is scary with so many different things. And what do people do when they're in a very scary relationship, like, you know, scary time, and they can't kind of have their reality set in properly? They, they look to their prophets. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter who that is. That's a scientist, a preacher, uh, fucking Joe Rogan. It doesn't matter. They look to their prophets. Yeah, and someone who makes sense of the world. That, yeah, exactly. The world is screwed up and confusing and scary. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. totally agree with that. And so Joe Rogan gets to be this king that he doesn't really push one way or another. He will say some of his own opinions. He will say them with earnest. And sometimes they get him, you know, some backlash. And he says, oh, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. I'm just a dumb comedian. And then he moves past it. And then he gets another false prophet to come into his court to say their bits. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why I think so many people are willing to listen to him. That's why I think so many people are willing to kind of disregard some of the shit they don't agree with because he gets to have their false prophet come into their court and then they get to preach it out to hundreds of millions of people and if you hate him if you love him if you don't give a fuck about him it doesn't really matter because the false prophets get to say their bit on the biggest mountaintop and people either will listen to them they'll be convinced by them or they will want to reach the screen and punch them but it doesn't matter because he's getting the views the ideas are getting out there and and as I found when I was in Mexico, I was like talking to people about this issue and talking things about this. And even when I would bring up the fact like this is stupid, he's not, you know, like he's he, he's, he's a yes man for these false prophets. They would then be like, well, no, 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 he's amazing. And then you open the dialogue for them and then they get to say mm-hmm. their bits and then they get to reinforce their ideas. Well, that's just super depressing. Thank you so it- much, Parker. <laughs> wait, wait uh, I'm actually out of curiosity, though, when you were in Mexico, what was the the opinion on Joe Rogan and and this whole anti-vax issue? What were you what were you getting from the Mexican people there? Um, they think it's absolutely fucking ridiculous. Um, because like I did talk to a good amount of Mexicans about this um issue. Uh, almost 95% of Mexicans are like, yes, I want to get the fucking vaccine. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of them either don't really know who Joe Rogan is because they don't speak English, um, or they kind of have heard of him and it's like, oh yeah, like that dude, like this kind of, it's, it's just like, he's just not like a thing in the circles that I managed to talk to. It's all anecdotal, so take it with a grain of salt. Sure. Um, but most people love the vaccine in Mexico. Most Mexicans want to get it. A lot of Mexicans are going up to Houston to go get the vaccine because they don't have access. Wow. Like, yeah. like they do, but it's it's limited. It costs money. Um, like I found out in the city of Puebla, Mexico, which is about uh, two hours south of Mexico City in the interior, it costs 400 pesos to get one dose of uh, Pfizer right now. Uh, at time of recording. I don't know what it'll, how it'll change. Sure. The government passed out some for free, but if you want to get one now, chances are you got to pay for it. The average daily wage of a normal worker in Pueblo, Mexico is 250 pesos. So that's two days of work yeah. and you got to spend every single dime to get a vaccine. And that's yeah. just the one dose. So that's three weeks of wages to get the amount of doses. And that is if, that is if you can find them and that is if they are still good. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's not great. Perspective, Thanks. Thanks. Um, all right, that was really great, man. Uh, you know, I want to transition to talking about uh, Robert Malone. The part of the reason this subject is interesting to me and warrants its own episode on a you know medical podcast or whatever we are is that <laughs> you know it's it, it's something I cannot ignore because he has entered our world. 
he has come to our world. I'm not going into the world of like, you know, Joe Rogan interviewing Bill Burr, who, by the way, I love and all these comedians and all this other shit. It's what he has done is he has entered our world and he's entertaining and platforming doctors whom Graham and I have been wary of for a long time. These medical contrarians who uh, want to reach that platform, these people who have uh, great backgrounds, who are in great programs at places like UCSF and Harvard, etc., places with big names who are espousing beliefs and, and contrarian beliefs to what most medical professionals feel at this point. And I feel like nobody exemplifies that more than maybe Robert Malone. Graham, can you tell our listeners who Robert Malone is, at, first of all, and, and tell us a little bit about his interactions with, uh, with Joe Rogan? Yeah, sure, Kavi, thanks. Um, Dr. Malone is a medical doctor. Um, I should also, I think, importantly say he is a uh, Moderna vaccinated medical doctor um, uh, who uh, completed a, a year of internship in pathology, did not complete a residency. And typically, uh, you know, anybody that you would you would see in a clinic or a hospital, uh, you know, for any medical problem like Kaveh and I, uh, we have to have have to have at least completed a residency in our field to then fully practice medicine. So he, he did not complete that um, his residency in pathology, which is the study of kind of cells and um, kind of microscopic disease um, and looking under microscope. Uh, and, you know, he. Um, he, I think, was uh, certainly contributed to mRNA vaccine technology. You will see over the past two years, um, the descriptions of his, um, his work have, has grown to being, you know, the quote, inventor of the mRNA vaccines. Um, and uh, that is certainly not true. I don't even know if there is a single inventor of the mRNA vaccines because it, it took, you know, decades to get the technology to happen. So I think that's a misnomer that he, um, you know, and I think he accepts that title um, despite probably knowing that that's not really true. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it would be like uh, uh, somebody contributing to something that took um, decades to build and then saying he, they invented, um, you know, that, that building or that, that technology or whatever. Um, and he, uh, he, um, grew with his uh, skepticism and his concern about the um, the mRNA vaccines, despite being vaccinated himself, and I think slowly gained um, Twitter followers, was on numerous podcasts, and then I, I really think the reason he um, became pretty popular is because he has this um, experience with mRNA vaccines and mRNA technology. And, you know, to be completely honest, he, um, and I'm not a virologist um, or a vaccinologist, but he is really experienced with vaccine development and kind of preclinical trial um, data and test tube data about vaccination um, and about viruses and stuff like that. So uh, you have somebody who is a physician who uh, has experience with, um, with vaccine development, who, you know, had some um, input and importance in mRNA vaccine technology saying, hey, we have concerns about the mRNA vaccines. Um, that's going to kind of be plenty of kindling for people that are already vaccine hesitant to see this guy as a, as a figurehead mm -hmm. and as a leader 
um, in the field because he lends a lot of credibility. So he's been he's been on the Rogan Joe Rogan show um, not too I think it was just January I believe, and it you mentioned something before that I thought was really interesting a couple points about his interactions with Joe Rogan one Rogan just seems to accept credentials completely and you you very clearly and I think fairly say yes he is a uh, seasoned professional he has had experience with this he is a doctor but not quite in the way that most people probably think he is for example I think when people would listen to the show they would get the sense that wow this guy's in the trenches he knows exactly what's going on yeah. where whereas this guy is uh, not in the trenches in the slightest and hasn't work clinically in any setting and things like that do make a difference um what what do you think he did in that interview with rogan that was damaging what do you think that he he did that might have had a, a negative impact on people's view of vaccine yeah you, you know he says a lot of things that are uh, that, that rogan never pushes back on or refutes despite wanting to have kind of contrarian opinions you know he kind of lets uh, Malone just kind of ramble and say essentially whatever he wants. The, the thing that really upset me to the point of writing a Twitter thread and spending, you know, um, a week's worth of time of my life just um, kind of researching this stuff is, you know, he, he really accused hospitalists and, you know, ER doctors and ICU doctors of essentially profiting off of COVID patients by um, uh, calling people, you know, Diagnosing people with COVID that didn't have COVID uh, implies that we put people on ventilators and put people in the intensive care unit um, and make more money uh, by, you know, uh, by diagnosing them with COVID. And I, I find that so offensive that he, on one hand, wants to use his authority as a doctor and gets to be introduced as Dr. Robert Malone mm -hmm. um, and uses, you know, he has an MD degree. Uh, but at the same time, like essentially shit on um, frontline doctors who for two years have been taking care of COVID patients, risking their lives and, you know, exposing themselves and their families to COVID um, for profit. You know, he implies that um, we are faking um, death certificates, uh, you know, just, uh, and then later in the interview, because he has no clinical experience, he actually then still uses hospitalists that he knows to like try to talk about insider information. So, you know, he wants to have his cake and eat it too. Um, he is both representing the medical profession, but then also shits on us when it's convenient for him. He, that's incredibly frustrating. Can I say man. shits on? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> shit, shit, shit away. It's on friend. shits on. Yeah. You yeah. know, I think he's kind of forgetting that, you know, like it's not like car wreck victims need to go to the ICU ever or, you know, anybody who gets any other illness needs to go there or the fact that like, hey, PTSD, you can spend nowhere. Um. Oh my God. What, 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 speaking of PTSD, just the sheer amount of uh, psychological trauma that frontline providers have had to deal with, like yourself, Graham. Graham's an ER doctor. It, it's amazing. I don't get getting back to Rogan. I don't recall. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't recall him ever having an ER doctor or even an ICU doctor that I can remember, but definitely not an ER doctor that's clinical or a hospitalist, someone who's taking care yeah. of these patients day in, day out, taking care of these patients. 
That's he is a, not. He, I assume. I look, no. I look through his an entire discography. He Can't confirm. Yeah, he just he's not had a single actually working doctor on his show, and that makes a big difference. I mean, I'm not not to say that theoretical stuff isn't interesting and not important. It, it is incredibly so, but this situation with Malone, like in his interview, it really shows you the importance of the difference between somebody who has the ability to to say crazy things like doctors are profiting off of this uh, versus someone who's on the front lines dealing with that trauma, the burnout. You talk to our ER doctors, you talk to the ICU doctors, you talk to the pulmonologists in the Midwest or parts of the country where things are the worst. I mean, it's, it's hard to talk to them sometimes. Yeah. Like you see the light in their eyes is dimmed. It's fucking so depressing. Um, and and I, I would swear to God, I would tell you guys the truth. I swear I would tell you guys the truth if we were making more money off of this. <laughs> I promise you I would. I don't know how to make you believe that. I promise you um, that, that I would. I still haven't even been able to buy my uh, PlayStation 5 because the price is like 800 bucks and that's bullshit. So I would not be working night shifts if I was making all this extra money. Out yeah, of it. That's right. I'm spending my Friday nights um, in the emergency department. Yeah, it's amazing, man. Uh, what what is is there? Uh, what is it about Malone that makes him such a lightning rod for these like conspiracy theorists? Is it just his connection to the mRNA? I I think that's part of it, but I think he. I, I mean, I I I think having a medical degree lends so much credo and trust in what he's saying, and you know. People want to find an expert that they can believe and they have some preconceived ideas about the vaccine. And they say, look, oh, look, this doctor is saying the exact same thing that I believe. Um, and, you know, I, I think he also really um, he speaks really eloquently and he speaks really confidently. Uh, but, you know, my one of my biggest concerns is Rogan. You know, like I said, Rogan doesn't push back on him. Yeah. But Malone also doesn't doesn't provide. um uh, you know, a informed, um, kind of fair information mm -hmm. to listeners. Most of the information he presents on that podcast is at least a year out of date. Mm -hmm. Um, most of it is, you know, what we would call kind of in vitro or theoretical data about yeah. how ivermectin should work, or we think hydroxychloroquine should work, yeah. um, but doesn't work in the real world. So, you know, he spends essentially three hours talking about vaccine dangers and conspiracy theories and almost no time at all talking about the almost million dead Americans um, yeah. or the actual risks and benefits of a vaccine or risks and benefits of getting COVID yeah. uh, or taking ivermectin or anything like that. That's, uh, you know, Rogan has said that one thing he's going to try and do is, is be more balanced in who he brings on. And <laughs> I, it, oh, yeah, right. yeah, we'll see. We'll it's see if cute. that's true. When I see it. Yeah. I mean, here, here's part of the problem. Part of the problem is this. And you, you guys both touched on this. Um, he's going to bring on people who spark some sort of controversy, who are exciting to bring on, who have a big following, who can bring listeners to a show, who will lend some credibility to a show. He's not going to bring on a run-of-the-mill, boring schlub of a doctor like myself. You know what I mean? Like he's going to bring on people who are going to bring out something kind of nuts, who are going to be a little sexier, a little spicier. I mean, 
it would be, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to who he could bring on and I'm going to be hopeful. I'm going to say, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to try and be open-minded and see if he does it. But I want to see him bring on people who can in a pretty boring way, talk about what's happening. Cause you know what, that's, that the truth of it is it's exciting. It's fun to hear someone come on and say, Oh yeah, they're hiding ivermectin from you. We have a study that shows that it works. And then, of course, just like you said, they're not saying that it's in vitro, which means not in a real person. It's in not in vivo. It's in like a lab in a Petri dish. And sure, lots of things can kill COVID in a Petri dish, but don't seem to work like this new JAMA article shows in real life. He's not going to have people that talk about the really boring nuts and bolts about it. Because you know what? Bo- medicine, when you're doing it right, should be a little bit boring. That's the fucked up thing. When yeah. we're doing medicine right, it should be fucking boring. And the people doing it should be fucking boring. And we, people should not want to talk about this shit. But we have to talk about it all the time because we have people like Malone, on the other hand, uh, going out with much bigger platforms. But anyways, all right. This is all a very super depressing episode. I'm very sorry about that. Um, but I would, I would, there's no. Oh, can I throw in one more joke about Malone? Just, just, Please just do. because I actually have two. Yeah. Uh, when I was talking to people about this down in Mexico, they're like, is that Post Malone's real name? Um, <laughs> and I second actually, I'm very proud that I know who Post Malone is. Graham. Yay. <laughs> I, I know who Post Malone is. Second thing, too, is that I feel like I feel like if it was I feel like Robert Malone would have been in the don't wash your hands before surgery camp. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. It's like, you got to get more germs in the cut. That's just going to solve it. <laughs> That's right. Absolutely. Strengthen the uh, immune system. Yes. Um, all right. You guys, I'm so glad you guys were here uh, with me for this dark, uh, beautiful journey. Um, let me let me first say that these two individuals that I'm talking to here are both absolutely uh, worth following and listening to whenever you have the capability uh, of doing so. So I want to I want to make sure people know where to find you both. Graham, where can people uh, learn more about you, follow you, etc.? cetera? Uh, I guess I'm on probably my best place is Twitter, uh, Twitter slash Graham, Twitter.com slash Graham Walker. Hey, spend, spend most of my time. Yes. Yeah. Um, and uh, Parker, tell people where they can find you. Tell them about the show, please. All right. Yeah. Um, you want to follow my shit posting, go to Parker J writes uh, on Twitter. If you want to follow the show, it's modern underscore proposal on Twitter. Uh, my show, we've had Kaveh on a number of times. Um, takes a modern day problem uh, really goes into the nuts and bolts of it all how it works it's very depressing it's very funny uh, and then I round it off with a very satirical fucked up solution to solve it to just get people thinking to be like hmm well that's horrifying what if we did something that's softer to, 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 to solve the problem um, satire yeah mm-hmm. it's good old satire i've definitely had some interesting pushback from people that don't know the definition of that word um so you, you follow it up uh, wherever you get your podcasts it's everywhere read the essay a modest proposal by jonathan swift and then make sure you check out a modern proposal by parker james here i really do love the show check out uh, some of his recent episodes you got to get graham on too i think he's yeah. gonna make a great guest um, oh yeah oh uh last thing yeah do drink while you're listening to my show it's very sad um especially, especially with christy yamaguchi man oh my god <laughs> yeah sorry there's a lot of sad <laughs> shit to cover in this world today yeah. thank you so much for doing that with us uh thank you to nadine for help with production if you don't already please follow us at twitter at the house of pod or 
if you have the time, rate and review us at iTunes. That does seem to help. Or I'm told it does. I don't know. You should just do it anyways. Just do it anyway. Uh, just do it anyway. Just do it. Um, you'll feel better about yourself. I promise you. Anyways, <laughs> thank you both so much for joining me today. I really appreciate your time. Uh, let's talk again soon. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Kavi. I'm dancing. I'm dancing. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Please consult a physician or other qualified health care provider for your specific health care needs or concerns. The opinions expressed on this podcast do not represent the opinions of our employees. Details in the podcast have been changed so that patient identification is not possible. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.